Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Classic. This is episode 25. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Hertzog. Hello, I am Miles P. McLaughlin. And we are now at 25 classic episodes. I know. Yeah, so that's like a, what is that, the golden age? Uh, 25? Gold. Silver? Silver? Silver. We're, yeah, silver. Uh, the silver anniversary of the classic. Mm-hmm. Um, and tonight we're going to bring you an excellent interview. One of, he has to be... That year at Shore Leave. Shore Leave was at 31, is that right? 32? Yeah, it was, 20, it was 32. 2010. 32. It was mm-hmm. And we had such a good time interviewing him. Yeah, it, it, it was a good is, interview. And we should tell him that this is Kevin Sorbo, yeah, Hercules himself. Uh, Captain Dylan Hunt from um, Andromeda. Yep, absolutely. And mm-hmm. uh, done a ton of other stuff as well. Small roles, bit roles. and um, But Hercules is probably what he's known for mm-hmm. the biggest. And Andromeda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and talk about a fantastic interview. Here's a man that had absolutely no opinions whatsoever. Of course not. I mean, we, we really had to um, you know, twist his arm to talk. Uh, no, not at all. I mean, uh, <laughs> no. if, 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 if you just want to hear his opinions, follow him on Twitter. We'll, you know, yes. enlighten you on what what, <laughs> yeah. what he thinks of things. But, um, but it was it was absolutely a pleasure to chat with him, partly because of it. Well, he is you know he he he's a concerned individual. Uh, of how you know where, where things are going in this country, whether you agree with him politically or not, you have to respect that. He, he's he's an activist and trying to help out kids as far as staying physically. And fit. we say activist; he's not just saying it; he's doing it. He's actually on the ground helping these kids. Uh, he's putting his money where his mouth is. Right? Uh, yeah, he's putting his money where his mouth is. He put out a book um, sometime last year. Uh, I, I saw it. Um, he was on one of the late night shows. Yes, I about that. We kind of shared that when it came through. I forget the title. Of that. So um, no, he, he fantastic guy. If you if you're at a con and he's a guest, um, he, he's very fan friendly. Go up, say hi. Just uh, don't bring Miles' mother in law. No, all. no. I think <laughs> <laughs> you forgot about that till now. I, <laughs> Scarred. I, yeah. <laughs> but, I, I, so the story is you, you might even hear this. Mm-hmm. I depending on what I include in the interview, but the story is that Miles' mother in law went up and. Yes, well, the, what, what the truth was, he was kidding, and but then she said, oh, well, I guess I might as well. Okay, so he kind of invited it. He, he, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, she... And you got to understand, Kevin Sorbo is one of these actors that is very fan-friendly. Very. Mm-hmm. He, when you talk to him, he, he, was, he was there with you. Right, he was definitely there for the fans, and um, you know if you're if you're a fan of his work, then you'll be a fan of him in person because he, he's he's a great guy. So we're happy to bring you this interview that we did shortly for thirty two, mm-hmm. Kevin Sorbo. Hello, sci-fi fans. This is Kevin Sorbo. You may know me as. Captain Dylan Hunt from Andromeda, or you may know me as Hercules, or heck, you may know me from a number of things I've done because I'm dealing with my ego here. Anyway, you know what you're doing? You're listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast, and you better not go anywhere, or Hercules will come and kick your ass. Blessed be the earth, the wind, and the sea for the gift of salvation. Blessed be.
come to Era. Who are you? Friends. Friends. Take my word for it, you don't want to be my friend. Please. Come with us. Rest. You'll need your strength. My strength is useless. Not to us. You see, we've been expecting you. You are the chosen one. Ladies and gentlemen, we're delighted to bring you somebody who's appeared on such shows as uh, Murray She Wrote, The Commish, Dahmer and Greg, Just Shoot Me, Hope and Faith, Two and a Half Men, just to name a few, and the star of two huge sci-fi fantasy, fantasy shows, Hercules and the Gene Roddenberry-based Andromeda. Yes. For, what we, for we have with us uh, Hercules, Captain Dylan Hunt himself, Mr. Kevin Sorbo. Mr. Sorbo, welcome and thank you for uh, taking some time and uh, talking with us on the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. My pleasure. You finally, I got in a room that's nice and cool, so it's kind of neat to be here. It's getting, getting in that autograph room. It's getting pretty stuffy. It is. Yeah. It's pretty warm. Oh, man. Well, there's a lot of bodies floating around. So. Yeah. It's, it, 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 it's hot around here this time of the yeah. year. Yeah. This is good. This is good in here. Yeah. Now, you started in, in, in two uh, sci-fi shows. Would you consider yourself a, a sci-fi fan? Oh, no question. Yeah. I, mean, I, I started out, I was a big fan of uh, growing up as a kid. I mean, it was mostly reruns, of course. I was too young to see the original ones. But um, Outer Limits, mm-hmm. Twilight Zone, uh, and then, of course, three runs of, of Star Trek. I was a huge Star Trek fan. Great. Um, at the risk of this being too broad a question, what did you like about playing Hercules? Um, on camera, I liked I liked I liked the humor. I liked his personality. I liked I liked his his non arrogant humbleness. You know, he was just he was he was a, it was a fun character to play. I mean, off camera, I just really enjoyed being on the set. We had a wonderful time. I worked with a great cast, great crew, and it was just uh, it was an easy set to hang out and do stuff on. Just sort of just have a good time. Now, you feel that in New Zealand. Seven years in New Zealand, yeah. Man, you can't complain about that. No, it was fantastic. It really really was. You know, originally it was supposed to be four two-hour movies. By the second movie, I knew they were going to make it a series. And before the second movie was done, they added a fifth movie because Universal Studios loved what they saw. And by the third movie, they came to me and said, we're going to make this a series. Excellent. And I knew it. I knew it. Because Michael and I, uh, Michael Hurst, who played Eolus, we hit our, our... our tempo together as as actors, um, we realized that we were Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, and that's where that was our time frame was. You know, you guys had great so chemistry. It was just fun. It was just it was yeah. It was, it was too many laughs on the set. It was <laughs> worthwhile, definitely. Now, from my observation, comparing contrasting Hercules and Andromeda, Hercules was a fun fantasy adventure show. Now, Andromeda still had those elements, but it also had a more serious side to that. Would you agree with that? Yes, and actually the first two seasons were much darker than the last three seasons. That was in part because of Robert Hewitt Wolf, who was the showrunner, okay. who uh, used to be writer on, uh, on Deep Space Nine, I think it was. Think was that the one? I think you're right. Um, good writer. I, I like the stuff he did. Tribune actually fired him after two years, and I found later that they did that with all their showrunners. They did it on Mutant X, they did it on Earth Final Conflict, they did it on uh, Beastmaster. I, I think it's just something they did as a studio for some reason. Um, I, I kind of... I, I like Bob Engels and I brought him on, but I, I, I liked 
Bob's a little bit of a, out of his element for that genre, and, and Robert knows it well, so I kind of wish I would have stuck with him, because I, I, liked, I liked the character. I liked the fact that Dylan could die. Mm-hmm. There was there was a humanity about him. You didn't have that in Hercules, so you had to make it a comedy, tongue-in-cheek type of thing, because you know he's going to win, basically. He's going to win every fight. And it's how we have him win every fight that made it interesting for people, and the comedy element was something that was played up on a lot. So um, I... I, I like I like both characters, but I like the humanity after seven years of hurt. I like the humanity of Dylan. Mm-hmm. What inspiration did you draw from when you created the character of, uh, of Captain Hunt? You know, because he certainly, I mean, there's a heroic element to him, like all you know, from Captain Kirk before him or Captain Picard or something, but it really it came from the writing itself. It came from the script. I can't really say I drew... I, mean, I think we're all affected by something, so I'm sure there are bits and pieces of things I saw through my life, from old movies to 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 modern television, or whatever. But I just I, I think it was really sort of the way. If I read a script out loud, it makes a big difference in reading it in your head. I think I would do that for anybody. And that's why writers. I always tell writers out there uh, if they want to improve their scripts, find a bunch of actors to have a, a reading. Okay. Read the thing out loud. Get on its feet with other people's voices because you're going to hear where your problems are in the, in the set. You're going to look at the script and go, you know what, I, that beat is horrible. i got to get rid of it. There's a hole here now, and I didn't know it before. I mean, it makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, a lot of sci-fi deals with social commentary. Is there one episode in particular that you're proud of that made an important statement? Hmm. We're on Hercules, though? Oh, we're still with, with, uh, with Andromeda. You know, it's interesting because they, they did they went after you know they discussed racism they had gangs they had the, there was a lot of lot of things they they talked about I honestly I can't think of one episode the name of an episode right yeah. off right off hand but um, I know that the writers are very conscious in, in of, of coming up with and Gene Rodmary was a, was the king at this where it didn't matter if it's thousands of years in the future he still took issues that were relevant to today's society. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, the guy was amazing. You think about what he did in the 60s. He put a black and a Russian and, a, you know, all these, right. Asian, all these different people on the set mm-hmm. together and first have the first black and white kiss on TV. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, it was, it was interesting. It was, mm-hmm. it was interesting. And, and I, I think, you know, certainly in today's world, we're much more open about things like that. So they, they address everything. But um, I know I segued. I can't think of the names of these things right off, right off hand, but I know, I know there were episodes we dealt with racism. Mm-hmm. That, that, that we, you know, was right there in our face, and uh, you know, I think I think it's good. To, I think TV can can put out a good message, but they can put out a negative message too. <laughs> right, right. They're very good at that. Right. Um, but uh, you know, I like to see more of the positive message out there, and I think I think Andromeda was pretty good at portraying that. I like that the one character who's a sworn enemy. I guess he's the character. His aliens versus was Magog. The Magog. Yeah, but he was. Red Ben. But he was, you know, he yeah. was the spiritual. Um, yeah, presence of the show, sure. and uh, yeah, he's the sworn enemy. Well, his, his race was the sworn enemy, but but same. But he was this benevolent. He found a different road. Yeah, to go out, which was interesting. And he had a contrast. I don't. In know. a very horrific-looking creature. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, um, look at every day. Brent State did a great job with that. Unfortunately, he, he got tired of putting the, the outfit on. It took like four hours every morning to do this, and it was brutal with all the prosthetics. Oh, okay. And after two seasons, he was just, he said, I can't do it anymore. And I, I could understand that. Oh, absolutely. It's too bad. It was a good character we lost. Mm-hmm. And in contrast, I don't know the, the actor's name, um, the one with the dreads. He basically. Tier Anasazi. That's it, yes. Uh, the Nietzscheans. From the Nietzscheans, yes. <laughs> and, uh, I, you know, it was almost 
quasi-Nazi. I mean, oh, there's no you, question. You know, no question. It was the, he was from the superior race. He mm-hmm. looked at everybody. Every other race was inferior to him. Mm-hmm. They were that they should be just, just, um, exterminated because they were just a waste of space in the universe. But mm-hmm. it, it created great conflict. It was great conflict. Mm-hmm. He let you know, but Tyr, um, Keith Hamilton Cobb played Tyr. He uh, he wanted out. He wanted to do something different with his career. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He, and I think he kind of realized after you know half a year of being away that he made a mistake. Mm-hmm. You know, he walked away from a nice paycheck and a nice job and <laughs> two more years on his contract. But yeah. he wanted out and they let him go, mm-hmm. which is too bad. You know, I thought he was a, he was a good for Dylan. He was a good contrast, you know. Yeah, I like. I mean, I like. I like the conflict and yeah. situations he brought to yeah. the show. Um, do you, did you was it a bonding experience with your castmates? Uh, we're still on Andromeda? Yeah, still on Andromeda. Yes. Okay. Both shows were, that's when you bring it up. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. No, I still keep in touch with, uh, no one that. I, I still keep in touch with, uh, with Gordon Wilder who played Harper, uh-huh. and Laura Bertram played Transgemini. Mm-hmm. Uh, we still talk frequently. They're, they're good friends. And actually, Gordon and I are trying to raise money right now for a movie, a script that he wrote, oh. a dark comedy. It's very, very good. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, we, we, you know, we keep in touch. I don't, I don't, Lisa Ryder and some of the others I just had you know just it's life it's hard you can't keep up you know keep yeah, up right, with everybody right. especially you when know. you've been in the well and our shows. personalities mesh really well with, with Laura and with um, and Gordon we just became friends and Gordon's kids are my kids age and it just sort of became a natural mm-hmm. progression for both of us um, um, now my wife was at, at the session you, you, you spoke at today and I, I didn't know this um, but what happens why they pulled the plug on Andromeda it was just a there was an embezzlement within the company. Okay. Tribune owns it out of Chicago. Tribune owns the Cubs. They own the LA, Tribune, I mean the LA Times, the Chicago Tribune. So that's why the Cubs are they so bad. That's why the Cubs. That's what I said. <laughs> you know what? They never threw money at the show. I mean, you know, it, it, as popular as like take Stargate is, Stargate had a ten-year run. We had a five-year run. Stargate never beat us in the ratings in America. Mm-hmm. They did great overseas, but they never ever beat us in the ratings in the states. And Tribune never put money into the show. They never promoted. They never advertised. They never pushed us to do talk shows. It's amazing to me. And trust me, I was pushing for it. Yeah. It was frustrating. It was frustrating. Right. And uh, it's like they were happy just to ride the you know the gravy train they had going without putting any more money into it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's too bad. Yeah. Um, now you you have a charity that you uh, mm. you're very active in. Um, for for our listeners' sake, can you tell us? You know, well, it's called World Fit for Kids, mm-hmm. and um, they can go online, uh, worldfitforkids.org, and they can find all the information they want. We're going nationwide with it now. It's uh, we got an award a couple of years ago from Schwarzenegger, the Governor Schwarzenegger, <laughs> so having the best after school program in the state of California, and that caused all kinds of letters coming from after school programs across America saying, "What do you guys do? What makes this so successful?" Because we, we, it's a very successful program. We have a 98% graduation rate. We work with over 12,000 kids in LA County alone, and the kids aren't that aren't in our program. There's a 54% dropout rate, so the differential is huge between the two. And um, we kicked off with a golf tournament two years ago. Mm-hmm. We just had our second one recently, and uh, you know it's a good program. It fights childhood obesity. It's in, we work with their grades, with their with their studies. We work with. Uh, uh, diet habits. We work with you know things that they. If somebody wants to say, look, they want to do dance, want to do basketball. We help with that. It's a mentoring foundation on two levels where we train inner city teens to become mentors to younger children, and in fact, saving two lives at the same time. It's a good program, and we keep very busy with it. And I'm very active with it. I get downtown and some of the 
horrific neighborhoods where our schools are at, you know, and see what these kids have to put up with, and it's, it's pretty amazing. I mean, mm. shame on our government. I mean, seriously. I mean, they, they, every president says they're going to improve public education. They don't. Public education is pathetic, you know, but that's not a soapbox. I don't want to get on right now. <laughs> Right. I follow you on Twitter, so oh. yeah. Okay. <laughs> so you get some of it, right? Yeah. Right. Which, which I find myself agreeing with you, so. It's, oh, thank you very much. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm in public education, so for whatever that's worth. So <laughs> my father taught for 35 years. Oh, really? What did he teach? Uh, junior high. Oh, okay. Math and biology. Yeah. I'm an English teacher, so. You guys, the, I'm, I'm going to be up front right now. You, the, 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 pay, the pay schedule needs to change, and I think teachers should be paid more, but you can't pay a teacher who sucks. For 10 years, the same as a teacher who's great for 10 years. And after 10 years, that's why my brother, who was a very good teacher, my other brother got out. He says, I, he says, I got teachers in there lazy, don't do their jobs, they don't work with these kids, and they're getting the same as me. He says, this is bull. Yeah. And he right, got out. Right, right, right. It's, they're, they're, how many jobs do we have in this country that have that? Uh, too many. Yeah. But, not, but, but, but we have a lot that don't. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's like saying... Tiger Woods, a really good golfer, wins the Masters. Well, it's unfair that the other golfers don't win the Masters. So everybody wins the Masters, gets a green jacket, a million dollars. That's true. There's no motivation to get better. Phil Mickelson, every golfer said, Tiger Woods made me a better golfer. They have him on the Golf Channel saying this. They say, he made me better. Competition is important. I agree. It's important. Yeah. And you can't have well, that public education. Acting, acting, too. You know, seriously. There's no question. I want, a, I, I want George Clooney's $10 million a movie, too. I'm not <laughs> getting it. It's really unfair. <laughs> you know? But, but but even in acting though, acting is different. Acting, there's there there are really successful actors, good actors that aren't successful. They're really crappy actors that because they look good or whatever they got going, they stay and make a lot of money. It's weird. Right. It's so it's not the same thing. It, you know, if you work for IBM and you're busting your hump and you sell three hundred million dollars worth of IBM, you should get paid a lot of money. If some guy says he just had womanizing every night, works for IBM, why should he get paid the same as the guy who works his ass off? See, that's what I'm saying. It's all about competition and motivation. Right. And that's what we try to instill in our kids in our after-school program yeah. is, you know what? We're not all the same. You know, Michael Jordan's a better basketball player. I mean, I can't help that. I wish I was good, too. But he's better. You know, I can't create thousands, tens of thousands of jobs like Bill Gates. The guy's freaking smart as hell. He deserves to make the money he deserves, makes. I don't have a problem. The capitalism system is still the best. We're trying to turn this country into Russia, and it's not going to work out too well. <laughs> it's it's, yeah, it's yeah. not going to work out too well. well I think it's part of, part of the issue with our education system is it's very socialist in a lot of ways. Get, it needs to change. Yeah. It needs to change. You cannot... It, it doesn't work. You know, I, my, my kids are six and eight years old. My two boys playing sports. Everybody gets a trophy. I said, looked at the soccer coach. I said, he was like two and eight this year. Why is he getting a trophy? Well, we don't want him to feel left out. Mm-hmm. And I go, well, I, when I was that age, my <laughs> baseball team was two and eight. It made me go in the backyard and practice harder. Right. It's just everybody gets an A. Everybody gets yeah. a smiley face for trying hard. Then they're going to get out of college in the real world. They're going, where's my BMW? Well, you got to work for it. What? Yeah, Can't right. I just get a BMW? <laughs> I mean, sense of entitlement that we've created. And it's going on. It is going on. And California leads the way. Trust me, California, is the, they're the ones came out 20 years ago about getting everybody a smiley face for trying hard in school. <laughs> well, you know what? Not everybody's smart. Uh-huh. You find I'm, not, I'm smart, but I'm not as smart as a lot of people. Sure. You, know? you find out what you're good at and you just you, you help them excel. I tell kids to follow your dream. I so say, what do you want to be? I want to be an actor. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's tough, but go for it. Right. I want to be a doctor? Okay, then study hard. Yeah. You know, it's, what I appreciate about my climb to having success in this business is 
I appreciate the climb to get there. I appreciate all the rejection I had. The rejection, it didn't discourage me. Every successful person I know, every CEO, I played a lot of golf because of celebrity. Being a celebrity, I played a lot of golf. Every successful person I've ever met says, I'm successful through my failure. They didn't let failure get them down. They use it as, a, as, as fuel for the fire and a stepping stone to get better for the next goal. Mm-hmm. You should be a motivational speaker, right? Oh, man. <laughs> I, should be, I should be bloody president. Trust me. I wouldn't be politically correct. I'll tell you. <laughs> Things need to change. I'm sorry I hurt your feelings. You know? It's like, God. Pre- preach it, brother. Uh, <laughs> Things need to change. Yeah. It's, and it, it, like, I, th- I think it's not going it, to... If it's going to start, it's going to start with us. Not, yeah. You know. It is. You know, at a grassroots level. Yeah. Yeah. And it has to do with the way parents are parenting their kids. No it's question. This whole entitlement. No thing. question. You know, it's not. I've education. always said it starts at home. Oh, absolutely. It well, I, look at, at home. I, look, I look at it as a teacher. Look at all the power they've taken away from you guys in the last 20 years. When I was in school 30 years ago, I got a swat because I deserved a swat. Teachers can't touch kids today. Oh, I know. Teachers, they come in and treat you guys like crap, go by first name, and they do. I mean, to me, it's like teachers need to have more power. I mean, uh-huh. teachers are even afraid to. Go into school. They can't. Yeah. They yeah. can't anymore. Yeah, that yeah. metal detector. Thank you, lawyers. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> a lovely law system. There. <laughs> that was good. Uh, anyway, we got off the whole thing. Yeah, we, we did. did. <laughs> no, that's all right. Uh, that's you know. Well, tell us uh, what's, what are some of your uh, future projects coming down the pipe for you as Mac? I got quite a few actually. Well, future projects coming down the pipe are one thing, but I've got seven movies coming out. Okay, well, tell us about that one. Um, the first one is called What If with uh, uh, John Ratzenberger and Chrissy Swanson. So, okay. Reverse It's a Wonderful Life will open in August in theaters. Another one called Julia X. Um, they don't want me to talk too much about it, but it's a psychological thriller that's mm-hmm. yeah, in 3D. It'll be, a, it'll be an interesting movie. 3D? What do you think of the whole 3D movie? It's huge, and it's not going to stop. <laughs> I, I went. I was in Vegas for the uh, electronic show in January because I go in every year for Canon hosts a uh, golf tournament sponsored with John Walsh for America's Missing Children. Mm-hmm. And I went on the in the convention center and I saw the 3D television sets. They're unbelievable. Oh. They're better than the theaters. And no glasses. <clears throat> you were sitting right here and the the pictures right on. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. They put basically they put the glasses in the screen. And uh, every theater now is rushing to get more and more 3D. Right. It just is. You know, I just saw Toy Story 3. It was phenomenal. And it's not going to stop. Right. It's not going to stop. I mean, they'll make it 2D as well, but, you know, 3D is the way to go. Right. Uh, so after that, then, then the, I got that movie coming out. That's called Julia X. And I got another movie called Paradox coming out. Don't know if it's going to go theatrical or straight to DVD or go to Sci-Fi Channel. Um, deals with a, a science world, which we live in, and a magic world, magic earth. They're, they're parallel earths that you have your parallel. This is science. We all have our... Exact people in in magic world, right. and a portal is open to get to that world, and it throws things off. It's an interesting. I like anything to do with alternate universe. It's an interesting concept, and then it, and then we have um, another movie called uh, Flesh Wounds. Mm-hmm. Should be on Sci Fi Channel. Uh, one I just finished called The Coffin, um, dealing with uh, being buried alive. Uh, another one I'm filming now called Give Me One Reason, uh, where I play the keeper of the Pandora's box. And it gets stolen from me, and bad things happen. And I start another one called Pool Boy in a couple of weeks, which is a full-on comedy in the vein of any Zucker film you've ever seen, from Naked Gun to... Cool. Yeah, it's very, very funny. And I got another movie called Hoovy, a title will probably change, which is a uh, sort of a faith-based uh, triumph over tragedy type story 
um, sort of in the vein of Rudy, deals with a true story based on this junior high kid, a uh, basketball star. They find a tumor in his brain that's the size of his brain. Hmm. And uh, it's take it out, he's going to die, leave it in, it's going to die. It's a, very, it's, a, it's a pretty amazing story. And I have another one called Rainbow Harbor, um, which I'm going to shoot. We don't know yet. We're supposed to be shooting now, but things change. But I think it's going to be romantic comedy. It, it is romantic comedy. I think we got Jennifer Garner to star as my, my love interest in it. And uh, just busy, man. I just got yeah. all kinds of stuff coming out of the pipe. You know, I got a big one coming out called Soul Surfer that I shot with Randy Quaid, uh, uh, Dennis Quaid. Randy, I just play golf with Dennis Quaid, um, Anna Sophia Robb from Bridge to Terabithia, and uh, Race to Witch Mountain, and uh, Helen Hunt and Carrie Underwood during her first feature film, and that's now going to air. And they got three thousand screens coming out in in the springtime through Sony Studios. It's a big, big movie we shot for two months in Hawaii, uh, January, February of this year. The crime. You know, it's tough duty. It's tough duty. I go two months in Hawaii. Really? Oh man, man, I don't know if I can do that. Honey, take the kids out of school. <laughs> they all came. They came for two months. Oh, nice. I was going to ask if you took your family. Basically, homeschooled them. Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. Good. That's awesome. Because I'm busy. Just been busy. You are. Now, well, do you typically take your kids with you when you shoot? Uh, depends on well, it depends where you are. I took them to Louisiana for Julia X, uh, the 3D psychological thriller. But then I was in Malta shooting a movie called uh, The Hit Mafia Movie. It's another one I forgot to mention. I don't know when that's coming out yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's co-financed with uh, Leader Film out of Rome and Dolphin Entertainment out of Miami. So I don't know what they're going to do with it yet. Mm-hmm. It turned out better than they thought. They thought it'd be straight to DVD, but they're, they, I just got a call last month, and I'm going. It looks pretty good. We're thinking maybe we we'll try to get theatrical. We'll see. It's, it deals. I play. I, I play a, a mob guy that's a hitman that for 12 years now has been the witness relocation program. And the movie opens me. I'll be living in Malta now on the witness program, and I get a phone call to be in the movie. My lawyer says they found out where you are. And they're coming to kill you. <laughs> so that's when then the movie just picks up pace from there. So, <laughs> nice. Yeah, nice. it was kind of cool. We shot that in Malta, and I shot another movie called King of Mykonos. Jeez, a lot of stuff coming up. Um, and that's where he aired in Australia. It was an Australian comedy. It was shot in Greece. It aired number one in Australia, New Zealand, and Paramount owns the rights to it here. So I'm hoping they release it theatrically. It was a very, very funny comedy mm-hmm. about two guys moving to uh, Mykonos. They want to come to Mykonos to meet the king of Mykonos, me. And I'm known as the king because I've slept with more women than anybody else. <laughs> and they want to meet me and beat my one-month record. <laughs> so, oh, wow. Uh, so it's an interesting film. I play an Italian playboy. Basically, wow. Si, it's a pretty Italian It was quite fun. Can you speak Italian? Un po' italiano, sì. <laughs> a little bit. Milano, a little Milano per otto mesi, 20, 24 anni fa. <laughs> so I speak a little bit. A little bit. So I was going to ask you, I mean, um, with all this work, you probably don't get to the conventions as often. Not as, I mean, I get invited to a lot of them, and it's, it's just, uh, I kind of, I don't really pick and choose. I mean, I wanted to come to this one for a while, but it's just, uh, it really kind of depends on the work schedule. There's a few more they want me to go to, but it's just, it's, one in Chicago coming up that I think maybe I might be able to have a chance to go to and there's one in I think New York has one and uh, yeah it just depends mm-hmm. you know so what do you think of Shore Leave? this was fun it was it was a really nice setting here I got one more day tomorrow but it's been uh, it's been nice It's I, the size of it I like the fact a lot of what kills a lot of these for the actors that come in is when they bring in 50 actors they don't bring in 50 actors here right. Right. they bring in each year they bring in a different group and it's like okay let's just bring in like these five or six or something like that and I think that's just a better move to go yeah well it gives you a lot of personal and the size I think also gives you a lot of personal yeah well you know actually. really in the size even a comic con I sit there and still talk to people I mean I I, I, I hate it like 
this group creation that sort of rushes and pushes people through and they don't treat fans very well so I've stopped working on creation I don't care <laughs> and uh it's you know the fans are there. They want to see you. You, can, you can't. You can give them a minute. Come on. You know they don't even give you yeah. a minute. I sat next. I mean I've been there with actors signing like this. You know not even looking up. Just boom, boom like this. I've been look up. like that before. Yeah. <laughs> I won't name names. Yeah. I know, you know who they are. And um, that's just sad to me. You know. Right. right. It's just mm-hmm. sad to me. You know. Mm-hmm. So give them, give them a hello. Look them in the eye. Give them something. Yeah, I, mean, I, the, the, I know the fans are under, very appreciative the FaceTime they get with with, yeah. with you and a lot of other guests. Oh sure. Mm-hmm. So, well, we really appreciate you coming. My pleasure. My pleasure talking to you.